if anybody has a praise in their heart this morning for who God is, what he's done, how much he's loved us. Can we just give him praise one more time? Clap our hands, give thanks and honor to the one that deserves all of that. We want to welcome you here this morning to an incredible day here at Stratford Heights Church of God. We're so thankful that you're able to attend and be here this morning. We want to say to all of our visitors that are visiting with us, we believe you're home. We believe that you found a church that you can get planted in, your family can get planted in, and they can grow in Jesus Christ. And around here, around here, we believe, we believe that his name is above every other name. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're so thankful that you're here. Good morning. We want to say that to you. As you get out in your in your uh, get out of your seats into the aisle, we, we ask that you just maybe turn around and shake a couple of hands today. We have so much kind of on the schedule. Want to remind you tonight that our services have been moved to Columbus. 
And so we, we're, we are going, camp meeting is this whole entire week, uh, tonight and Monday night, Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And so everything throughout the week except for Monday night, Celebrate Recovery, our services have been transferred up there. We're going to go and worship the Lord. I know on Wednesday night, our ministry teams and music teams are ministering there, and we would love for you to participate in that. So, Also, we have some very uh, special guests, important guests, friends of ours. Uh, our state, I guess the titles have changed, but just uh, the, the youth director and discipleship director here. I have it here, the director of leadership and development for the Ohio Churches of God, uh, Reverend uh, Pat and Jan Wright are here with us this morning. We're so thankful that they're here. Incredible friends and coffee lovers just like me. I just had to say that. Amen. Would you shake hands? Just turn around and welcome one another into God's house here. Y'all are too friendly now. You're being too friendly. God bless you. God bless you. If you can, if you can, be seated. Be seated really quickly. We're going to move forward. Sorry about that. I want to present to you a very proud moment for me as a youth pastor today. This is graduation Sunday. This is where we acknowledge and not just acknowledge the accomplishments of our graduates, but encourage them in their future. And I just believe that this group has accomplished so much. And I believe with all of my heart that, that what they have done, their future is even brighter than that. So I want to present to you, I want you to help me to congratulate. I want to present to you the class of 2016. Would you help me one more time to appreciate and welcome our graduates this year. We honor you. Your church loves you. We're proud of you. And we honor you today. Amen. You may be seated. 
The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, it says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. When you look, search out that word heartily, it means excellently. And we believe in doing the very best that we can. And one of the things that we love and appreciate and we do at our church yearly is we recognize those and we think, how many of you know, I believe this is a spiritual thing to honor. You know, the Bible says, give honor where honor is due. And you have worked hard, you have accomplished much, and we're very proud of you this morning. And so it is our privilege to make this day all about you. And we have done our very best to pull out all the stops. Uh, we've got some wonderful things planned today, and, and one of those is, as Pastor Cam mentioned, our special guests that are with us. These are dear friends to me. They are wonderful leaders and people who have inspired me through the years. And if we went, when we went looking, Cameron and I were speaking, and we couldn't think of any other name. We didn't even want any other name. So we called hoping that he would be free to be able to be here. So Bishop Pat Wright will be bringing the message this morning. And let me just tell you, he already spoke at the 830 service, and it was all I could do to end the service without just breaking down. He has brought a message to this church this morning that I believe, and I have made the statement at the end of the 830 service, this message ought to be preached in every Christian church on the face of the earth. So you are blessed today, and you're going to be challenged by the Word of God and by the heart of God, and you're going to love that. So graduates, we honor you, and we thank you today for being with us. In just a few minutes, we're going to get into a program that will honor you correctly. In the meantime, thank you for being here. I agree with Brother Cameron. If you're with us and your guest today, thank you for coming and being with us at Stratford Heights. I especially would like to point out that it's Whitney Jones' birthday <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Stand up, Whitney. Happy Let us see you. Birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Whitney. Sing it big now. Happy birthday to Amen. I saw her roll her eyes, and I'm headed out that door at the end of service today. As you know, Whitney Jones is our youth pastor, Cameron Jones's wife. We love them. They're an amazing couple at our church, and we honor you today as one of our pastors. And give you great honor, and, and we want you to know we celebrate you. With her, though, I wanted to recognize all those that have come. They surprised her. They flew in and, and drove in and, and to be here, a lot of her family and some of her very best friends. I got to know them yesterday a little bit and they're just delightful folks. Her mother and father are here today and, and her brother and sister. And so we want all of you, the Whitney Jones clan, I would like all of you to please stand so that we can recognize you today as coming in. So wonderful, wonderful to see Brother McGee. Wave at us, Brother McGee, back there. Just wave. There you go. Lee McGee, we're so good to see you. Glad to see you. Terry, Steve, all of you that are here today, thank you so much for being with us. We honor you all, and you're, you're home when you come by here, and so it's good to see you today. With that said, let me, uh, let me make one more introduction, and then our ushers are coming to serve you. And that is that we are excited that this year, um, Lee University 
uh, one of our students from our own church is Eli Wallace. Now, Eli, where are you? There you are. Where are you at? Stand up for me, son. This young man has been called out of our church and is literally preparing uh, in pastoral ministry down at Lee University. We're very proud of him. If you've ever talked with him five, ten minutes, you cannot believe the gift that God has given to him and the heart that is already in him to pastor. I just want to say I'm believing God has great, great things for him, and he's going to pastor thousands. And I'm believing that God's got his hand on him for a great ministry together. Now, he has joined us this summer. Part of his study program is that he is learning from us. So he is actually going to be interning with us this summer. So I wanted you to know who he is and give it up for him and appreciate this young man. I'm sure he would appreciate if you buy him lunch or dinner or if you want to bless him in any other way. It's not easy being a college graduate or a college student. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer this morning as we stop and recognize the state of Israel, the United States of America, and our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering much, much craziness in the world today. But how many of you know we have a God who is in control? Amen. A God who will always always preserve and protect his people and it doesn't matter what the election turns out as long as we do our part what matters is that God is not vacating the throne whether the Republicans the Democrats the Libertarians the orange the yellow the purple party whoever they are whoever's in charge at the end of the day God has the last word and God is still directing the steps of his people can I get an amen this morning But it's right in our service that we will stop for a moment. The Bible says if you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. If you curse her, you'll be cursed. So we stand with the state of Israel. No matter what the popularity polls tell us, no matter what, how our leaders perhaps admonish us, we will stand with God's word behind the state of Israel. And as we do that this morning, I'd ask you to bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Father, as we come before you, we pray that you will protect and preserve and bless the state of Israel, your chosen people. Lord, we ask you to touch them and keep them, their sons, their daughters, their families. We pray in the name of Jesus that this land will know prosperity and no peace as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus, you will keep your hand upon her. She will be vital and essential to your end time prophecies, so many of the different things that will be taking place as we begin to unfold revelation before our very eyes. We know that Israel plays a very large part in that. We want to be a part of the blessing. We want to be a part of the empowerment. And we ask you to bless her today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we wouldn't dare pray for them without also praying for our country. I pray for our leaders. I pray for our people. Pray for our culture. Pray, Lord, for the wisdom and the hearts of men and women who are hungry and thirsty after you. May we truly seek you with hearts of compassion and love as we serve you in diligence. Lord, we ask your blessings to be upon our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering in torments, who are being kidnapped and all kinds of torture. We ask your work to be accomplished and done in their lives to protect them and keep them today as Christians around the world are under attack. 
God, we will stand under the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ, giving you honor and glory that you keep us, that you feed us, that you provide for us, you heal us. And Lord, we are your children. We thank you for this truth that keeps us today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Our ushers are coming to serve you. As they do, I would remind you this morning, our missions giving every Sunday, as you know, at the 8.30 and 10.40 services, all of our offering goes to World Missions. We keep none of it. I've been told, especially in a building program, that that's not a very smart economical thing to do. How many of you know I have found that it has been the best thing that we've ever done is to give our money away. The Lord continues to bless and keep us as we practice what we preach. I would never want to look at you and ask you to be givers if your church wasn't practicing the exact same discipline. So we give. 830 and 1040 goes to World Missions. But at this service this morning, I want us to narrow our mission down just a little bit. Our young people, young people, are you here? One of you, two of you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for supporting the pastor. All right, making him look good. Our young people are here this morning. They are. They're quiet, but they're here. Maybe they're not awake. Everybody go, whoo. They're awake now. All right. Our young people, as you know, many of them are going on a mission trip next week. They'll be taking off, flying all the way over around the globe to Alaska. Pastor Cam will be taking them and a leadership team to minister to not just a particular camp, but to all the camps. They'll be covering the camps from children, middle school, elementary age, all the way up to the teenagers' camps for Alaska Church of God. They'll be ministering to many of the natives in the country uh, from every one of the different Alaskan tribes. And uh, I've been there, I've been able to see where they are, and it's going to be a, an amazing experience. A lifetime uh, will come out of the experience that they, that they have. They're going to be ministering. They'll be singing, teaching, preaching, wrecking. They'll be overseeing. They'll be cabin watching. They'll be doing all of those things for the entire week. And I want us to bless them today. They've been raising their money. They've been doing a great job with that. Of course, there are always last-minute things. I want them to have more than they need. But right now, they need to have enough to get it done without worrying. I don't want them to worry about it. So I wanted us today to give to the Alaskan mission trip to narrow it down to our missionaries that we're going to send out this next week. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. So we're going to give today, and everything that you give in the offering will go to help the young people finish the trip and to get there with no worries. Now, I know mission trips have been known to be very tough and hard. It'll be rough for them. In Anchorage, at the foot of Mount Fort McKinley or Mount McKinley, in the Denali State Park where there are high mountains and the highest mountain in the northern hemisphere, glaciers, snow-capped, beautiful mountain ranges with eagles that fly from, they'll be suffering terribly. <laughs> they, it will be breathtaking for them, but they will also experience quite a bit as they minister. How many of you know the people in the beautiful mountains of Alaska need ministry too? Amen. They'll be doing that, and I want us to honor them and bless them today. So help me. Help me to give. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for this privilege and opportunity to be used as part of your ministry and your work in the world. Lord, we are a missions-minded church. We always have been. I pray that you will touch us now, this morning, 
to bless our own as we send them off. Lord, they're sacrificing their own week of camp in order to be on this trip. I pray that you will bless them 100 times over for what they sacrifice in order to give a beautiful week and a wonderful camp ministry time to kids from far away. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus as we bless them today with our gifts and honor you in our own hearts and lives in obedience to your word by our tithe and our giving. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray it all. Amen. We praise you, Lord. After you give that offer, go ahead and stand up. Let's praise you. We welcome you into this house today.
in control this morning at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth the heavens come on now I need an amen here somewhere the heavens declare his righteousness and all the people will see his glory hallelujah the Lord reigns he reigns church on a special day the Bible talks in Revelation chapter 5 about when we all stand there 
And what this is to, this morning is us kind of having a little practice run. Because there's going to be a moment in time when the Bible tells us the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands standing around the white throne. I kind of kind of feel that it's going to be right about the time when God announces the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords to take his rightful place right there behind, with all the angels, the angels that had to step aside and fold their wings because little you and me, for the first time, come walking through there, standing up real close. Are, are we allowed? Are we allowed to get this close? There's Jesus right there in front of us. Are we allowed to see what we're seeing? Mm. And the Bible says right about that time that ten thousands of thousands, the elders and all those angels everywhere around, says we'll all look. And we, as soon as he takes his place, those that were blood-bought, those that were redeemed by the blood of Jesus that were set free from sin and slavery and were literally made new creatures in Christ, the Bible says they will all shout with a loud voice. Did you hear it? With a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive glory and honor and power and wisdom and riches. Woo! Pardon me if I get a little excited. I love the Ohio State Buckeyes. I love it when they go cross that line. Ain't nothing better than that. And I've been known to jump a few times and hoop and holler. But let me tell you, the greatest champion, warrior, soldier I've ever fought for in my life is the one that crossed the line when the bloodline was laid. And he took care of bringing salvation to my heart and life. And I get pretty excited about it. And guess what? I ain't going to apologize for it neither. I'm excited. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Let the hands go together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You might as well do it now. You're going to do it for eons and eons of years. Hallelujah. Right where you're standing, put your hand on your heart. In the spirit where there's presence of God like this in his house man anything in the world can happen right now you may have walked in with a disease right now the healer is in the house you may have walked in and you've been you've been upset and full of anxiety and stress all week you may have walked in heavy and burdened but right now the one who lifts that burden is here the burden bearer the brother is closer to us than anyone he's here right now I want you with that other hand lifted up in the air and give every need you have to God. He's here in a mighty way to minister to your need. Lord, we praise you. We honor you. We thank you, Lord. Take care of disease in our body. Take care of crisis in our life. Take care, Lord, of provision that is needed among the body right now. Oh, Lord, in your blessed name, as we honor you, we praise you, we glorify you and magnify your name. Lord, we lift you up. We've come here in your house. This is your house. And Lord, your presence is most welcome here. And we honor you today, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ, take care of your people. Take care of the burdens of your people. You said cast all of our care upon you because you care for us. We honor you this morning. And we thank you for it all. For we don't pray it in the name of a church or in the name of a preacher. We pray it in the name that is above every name. The name that is powerful and mighty and wonderful to bring salvation and deliverance. We pray in the name 
of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said amen. I mean, say amen, not like old me. Say amen. Amen. Praise God. Wow. Did we take the offering yet? Okay. I just get a little excited. Is there anything better than the presence of God? Anything better? Turn to someone and congratulate him and say, you're in the right place this morning. Amen. And you may be seated. take some time here and, and uh, congratulate, honor, recognize our young people today for their accomplishments. And uh, I have a full book of accomplishments here today, and it makes me proud, and our church is proud today of the hard work that our young people have put in. One of the things that is most proud for me is most of these young people serve in our church. They serve in our kids' ministries, our nurseries, they serve on on ministry teams within the youth group, and I'm thankful for that today, and I know you are, amen. Are we thankful for their hearts? Amen. First, I want to recognize Mr. Zachary Allen Abney. Zach is the son of Doug and Cindy Abney, and he is a graduate of Middletown High School, a MIDI. Here at Stratford Heights, Zach has been involved in Abilities First Ministry. Zach's future plans are to attend Project Life at Butler Tech and then continue on with Project Search. Zach's goal is to attend culinary school and one of my dearest friends, Mr. Zachary Allen Abney today. Lily Eileen Wren Baldwin today. Lily is the daughter. We can clap there. Lily is the daughter of Andre and Rebecca Tran and Shane Baldwin. She is also a graduate of Middletown High School, a MIDI. While in high school, Lily was involved in Thespians Drama Club, Philosophy Club, Lady Middies of Excellence, here at Stratford Heights Church of God, Lily has been involved in Oasis Youth Ministry, Relentless Drama Ministry, the Nursery Ministry. Lily's future plans are continue her, to continue her education at the, at the Miami University of Middletown. Miss Lily Eileen Wren Baldwin. Alicia Ann DeBose. Alicia is the daughter of Anna Cox and Michael DeBose, is a graduate of Monroe High School and Butler Tec Technical Institute. While in high school, Alicia was involved in student council, cosmetology program at Butler Tech here at Stratford Heights. Hang on, hang on for just a second. Alicia has been involved in Oasis Youth Ministry, Relentless Drama Ministry, Oasis Youth Council twice, Altered Praise Team Faithful, Team Talent Faithful, Redemption Youth Choir Faithful, and she also volunteers on Vacation Bible School. Alicia's future plans are continue her education at the Miami University of Middletown while studying science. 
and she will be taking her cosmetology boards test in July. Miss Alicia Ann DeBose. Tyler Scott Fisher. Tyler is the son of Daryl and Samantha Fisher, and he is a graduate of Crossroads Christian School. Here at Stratford Heights, Taylor, Tyler has been involved in Oasis Youth Ministry, and he is currently heading up, leading a vital part of our media ministry for Oasis. Tyler's future plans are to continue his education in computer coding and programming. Mr. Tyler Scott Fisher today. Haley Sarah Elizabeth Harden. She is the daughter of Elizabeth Rohr Kemper and Randall Harden, and she is a graduate of Carlisle High School. Haley's academic achievements and special honors are Merit Roll, Excellence Award for the highest English grade in her class, CERA recognition for academic achievement, recognized by the school board for outstanding customer service and excellence in mastering critical employability skills. Say that fast a few times. Here at Stratford Heights, Haley's been involved in Oasis Youth Ministry and very active in our girls' ministry. Haley will be returning to Carlisle High School as a super senior for the 2016-17 school year. She hopes to be selected as an applicant for Project Search, which will give valuable job skills. Miss Haley Sarah Elizabeth Harden today. Alyssa Lynn Holiday. <laughs> Alyssa is the daughter of Chad and Kara Holiday, and she is a graduate of Madison High School. While in high school, Alyssa was involved in softball for three years, track and field for three years. Her future plans are to attend Wright State University to take care of us as a nurse pursuing a degree in nursing. Would you help me congratulate Miss Alyssa Lynn Holiday? Scott Allen Jackson. Scott is the son of Jimmy and Holly Jackson, and he is a graduate of Dayton Christian High School. Scott's academic achievements and special honors include District 12 Honor Band for three years, Best Musician for Senior Class, Four-Year Concert Band First Chair. While in high school, Scott was involved in Concert Band, Praise and Worship Team, Drum Line, and in the theater production of High School Musical. Here at Stratford Heights, Scott has been involved in the Exaltation Choir, the Oasis Youth Ministry, and he has been involved also in the Altered Youth Praise Team. Scott's future plans are to attend Berkeley College of Music Online and major in music business. Can you help me congratulate Mr. Scott Allen Jackson? Travis Stewart Johnson, son of Todd and Holly Johnson, a graduate a graduate of Middletown. <laughs> you know, you, you can invest in, in kids' lives. And I've just seen him go through so much and overcome. 
proud of him today. Proud of him. Travis's academic achievements. Man. Travis's academic achievements and special honors include Sportsman Award in football, wrestling, and tennis. He's the Senior Music Award. And uh, while in high school, Travis was involved in football for four years where he earned a varsity letter, wrestling for two years where he earned a varsity letter, tennis for two years where he earned a varsity letter, show choir, band for four years, acapella, acapella, Choir, senior sidekicks here at Stratford Heights. He's been involved in Oasis Youth Church, the Relentless Drama Team, the Redemption Youth Choir, Oasis Youth Council, Council Easter Musicals. He's also traveled and been a part of our competitive uh, uh, team talent teams. Travis's future plans are to attend Gannon University to play football and to major in sports and exercise science. Can you help me congratulate and honor Mr. Travis Stewart? I guess I could do that for all of these. Evan Lee Kelly. Evan is the son of Sean and Angie Kelly, and he's a graduate of Edgewood High School. Evan's academic achievements and special honors include that can't be right. GPA of 4.693. Is that even possible? Ranked 21st in his class, member of the National Honor Society, awarded Presidential Academic Scholarship to Asbury University as well as a baseball scholarship. While in high school, Evan was involved in baseball four years, football for three, treasurer for National Honor Society, three-year member of DECA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, first underclassman to be a manager of the school's bookstore at Stratford Heights. He's heavily involved in Oasis Youth Ministry, Vacation Bible School, Redemption Youth Choir, Children's Church Hospitality and Security Teams, and he has the best hair you've ever seen. Evan's future plans are to attend... Asbury University on a baseball scholarship while majoring in communications, emphasizing in public relations and minoring in sociology. Evans one day hopes to be a public relations director for a professional sports team. The future president of the United States, Mr. Evan Lee Kelly. Jaden McKenzie Lee. Daughter of Jay and Samantha Lee. She is a graduate of Carlisle High School. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Jaden's academic achievements and special honors include salutatorian of her class. I probably said that wrong. National Honor Society for two years. Scholar and Sportsmanship Awards in soccer, cheerleading and softball. Leadership Awards in football and basketball, cheerleading. Spanish student for of the year for four years straight, homecoming queen. While in high school, Jaden was involved in National Honor Society president, cheerleading for football and basketball for four years, uh, uh, red cord blood drive, soccer, and was captain three years JV and varsity, softball three years, above the influence, drama club, spring musicals, spring plays, winter plays, cheer advisor for Pee Wee Cheer, yearbook editor, and here at Stratford Heights, 
Jaden was and is involved in Oasis Youth Ministry, Oasis Youth Council, small group leader for Rock Island, Children's Church graduate of the Girls Only Program, Missionettes, Nursery Ministry, Vacation Bible School volunteer, Freedom Court, Outreach, Youth Camp staff. Jaden's future plans are attend the Ohio State University to major in psychology and minor in Spanish. Can you help me acknowledge Miss Jaden McKenzie? Jeremiah Clayton Morgan. Jeremiah is the son of, or Clay is the son of Jeremiah and Amy Morgan, a graduate of Preble Shawnee High School. Clay's academic achievements and special honors include honor roll for four years, straight A program, merit scholarship for academics, scholar athlete award, arrow award. While in high school, he was involved in baseball for four years. He lettered offensive and defensive MVP, second team all-league, team captain, team prayer leader. I can testify to that. Here at Stratford Heights, Clay has also been involved in Oasis Youth Ministry. Clay's future plans are to attend Ohio Christian University and play baseball. Reverend Clay Morgan plans to major in criminal justice and minor in, in Bible. Clay hopes to become a police officer and later go into a federal agency. Clay also hopes to serve as a chaplain for the police force. Help me recognize and honor Mr. Jeremiah Clayton Morgan. Esmil Sanchez, the son of Orlando and Mercedes, is a graduate of Middletown High School. While in high school, Esmil was involved in baseball and the Coolest Shoes Club right here. I just made that up. Here at Stratford Heights, Esmil has been heavily involved in Oasis Youth Ministry. And Esmail's future plans are to attend Miami University of Middletown to study graphic design. Your church is proud of you. Can you help me congratulate and honor Mr. Esmail Sanchez? Also recognizing college grads and their tremendous achievements, Karen Michelle Ayers. Special lady, the daughter of Cecil and Teresa Perry. She's a graduate of Miami University. Academic achievements include graduating summa cum laude. While at Miami University, Karen was a member of Golden Key Honor Society. Here at Stratford Heights, Karen has been involved in Exaltation Choir, Psalm 95 Choir, Encounter Ministry Team, Rock Island Children's Church. Her future plans are to continue teaching high school and math while working towards a position as technology director for a school. Miss Karen Michelle Ayers, we recognize. Amen. Also graduating that were unable to walk today from high school, Carolyn Cochran, Rachel Corselia from college, Emily Pollard, and also with their masters, Miss Bridget Ray. I want to recognize them today. And as we, I'm going to be done. I just, this is so important. I'm going to say this to you guys because I'll never get a chance to say this again and have your attention. I've looked for graduation cards to give to you, and a lot of the graduation cards, I see, they say, follow your heart. I think that that is garbage, because I think we need to follow his heart. 
And if I would encourage you to do anything as you go through life and your achievements that have made your church and your families and your parents and your youth pastors so proud, I want to say connect those and forever connect those and anchor them deep into the rock that is Christ Jesus and much fruit will come from your life as we see chaplains and agents and presidents and all of these things as we see that come forth we are so proud of you and we are proud of their parents today who participated in all of that and I want to thank and acknowledge the awesome work our parents has put into their young people I'm sure you're proud today thank you one more time can we recognize our graduates appreciate them so much Very proud this morning, aren't we? Yes. Amen, amen. I uh, was thinking while they were saying one of our graduates graduated Kumus, what is it, Kumusumlati? Kuma, what is it? Kuma. Well, I graduated, thank you, Lottie. <laughs> God is good. We're so proud of our young people. Yes, their families and our leaders. I'm proud of our youth pastor and his wife, Whitney, for the work they do pouring into our young people. Bishop Pat Wright is going to be coming in just a moment to speak to us. And as he does, he's coming with a beautiful, and as I mentioned earlier, timely and, and very relevant message to the hour. It's not only for you, but it's for all of us as well. I received... Direct word from the Lord through his message, and I'm excited for you to hear it this morning. He is our state leadership and uh, whatever that is. <laughs> Director of Leadership and Development. Thank you. It was there. It was there. We know him as, as Bishop Pat Wright. He works in our state alongside of our overseer and has done a tremendous job um, leading in our state. I can't count how many different times. I have been inspired in just conversations. We had one right before we came out here that was just one of those life-changing kind of things where you just get all pumped up and excited. That's what he does. He influences others. And it was John Maxwell who said, leadership is influence. And if that be the case, Pat Wright, then you are definitely a leader's leader. So we honor you and thank you for being here with us today. He'll be coming in just a moment. We honor he and his wonderful wife, Jan, who works right by his side. And we thank them for being our special guest today. Um, the choir is going to sing a song called How Excellent. I think how appropriate for your accomplishments today. Again, we're very proud of all of you.
right now and know that we've had church. I leaned over to Pat and I said, I think we just started camp meeting. I'm not sure, but I think we did. <laughs> what a joy. It's always a joy to be in this church, Pastor Ray. We, Pat and I, you know, we're in different churches every Sunday and some of them are not very life-giving. And I don't mean that critically. Some of them are struggling. So when we can come on a Sunday morning and sit here and feel the Lord move on us just because we're sitting in the pew. Yes. Thank you for that. Yes. Pastor Ray, thank you for being a friend. We admire you. When I grow up, I want to be like you. <laughs> and I, I mean that. You are inspirational to us. And he is, isn't he? <laughs> but I think what I would say to sum you up is you're the real deal. And I can't think of a higher compliment for a, a pastor than to say what you see is what you get and you're pure, Ray, and your passion and I, I'm better for knowing you, so thank you. I really quickly wanna read a scripture and I'm not gonna take up much time. And let me just say, Cam, thank you for being a shepherd today. You weren't just a youth pastor. 
it's one thing to hold an office in ministry, and it's another thing to be a shepherd. And that's what I saw today, was you have relationship with these kids. And that is meaningful to them in ways that you cannot really quantify. So thank you for that. Um, I have a favorite scripture. I have many, but one that I have recently, um, it, it just ministers to me every time I read it. And I thought it was appropriate for the graduates today. So I want to read this quickly. Mark 4, 33 and 34, and this is in the message. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples after sharing many parables with them. With many stories like these, he presented his message to them, fitting the stories to their experience and maturity. He was never without a story when he spoke. And when he was alone with his disciples, listen clearly, he went over everything, sorting out the tangles and untying the knots. Isn't that beautiful? I've got some knots and tangles, don't you? I've got a few. But what this scripture tells me is if I will climb the mountain with Jesus and listen to him, he will untangle my knots. And the other powerful thought in this scripture is that your story, no one can take your story. And your story is powerful because it is a witness of where you've been and how God has helped you untie and untangle the knots of your life. You're beginning in some ways, but I would venture to say many of you already have quite a powerful story. Tell the story. And then let Jesus help you untangle the things that you encounter. And your story gets deeper and bigger. And that is the power that you hold in you. And that is the power when you meet people who don't know Jesus and they're even hateful about it. They cannot take your story. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. First of all, I can't believe you get to preach after this music every Sunday. That was awesome. Second of all, second of all, I can't believe you get to preach to this crowd every Sunday. And third of all, I can't believe I get to do it today. I want to I wanna concur with, with uh, Pastor Jan, Sister Jan over there, Sister Wright. Um, this, this has been the nicest recognition of graduates I've ever seen in a local church. I'm not making that up. That was just incredible. And these kids, good night. Wouldn't you just like to have one or two of these guys in your church? You know, they're smart and they're talented and they're athletic and scholarships. And Congratulations, guys. I am so proud of you as well, even though I don't know you personally. I love kids, and I admire that you finished this phase of your life with such distinction, and you have such so much ahead of you, and even with the twists and the turns, and you, you know, there's a lot of programs that are pre-business. You know, you start off being an engineer, and you end up in business, or you start off in medicine, and you end up in business, but I concur with Pastor Ken. Follow your heart connected to his heart, and let God lead you to the greatness that he's designed you for. Wow, that is amazing. I, I want to make some recognitions. I, listen, I did really well on time this morning, and I'm going to try to stay with it this afternoon, or the, it will be this afternoon when I finish. Um, I love Ray Phillips. I concur with Jan. 
He is an inspiration to me. He's an incredible leader. I was just thinking, Pastor Gary, how do you keep up with all these youth pastors? I mean, we've got like 15 of them on staff, don't we? It only feels like 15. <laughs> I won't tell you what he said. You can figure it out. Um, but the, but they, they just lined up. But Pastor Ray, what an incredible job. I can't wait to see the building, and we're just so excited. You, you may or may not know Pastor Ray serves on the state overseer's advisory board every time he's eligible, and there's a reason you, we have, you, you can serve, and then you have to come off, and then you can serve again. He also serves the Church of God in Ohio. Um, in this region, he has about 22 or 3 churches under his oversight that he tends to, helps the state overseer, and I attend to those, those needs. And we're so appreciative for that. And oh, by the way, he's got a little building project going over here. Um, and and, and I, I, I honor you. And Pastor Gary, Gary and I have known each other a very long time. And I just, I just love the man that he is. He also is the leader of the music ministry for the Church of God in Ohio and will be supervising all of our services and all of our music for camp meeting. Gary, I honor you and Kathy. We love you so very much. And of course, of course, I, I love Pastor Richard. Pastor Richard was a youth pastor when I came to Ohio. We've gotten very close. And uh, uh, Pastor Brian is doing a phenomenal job. I got to got to catch up with him a little bit on what the Lord is doing in your Hispanic uh, initiatives here at the at the church. And it's just it's just so wonderful to be here. I'm just just so good to be in a great church. And Jen and I have given our life to to help churches and leaders in a different way than in a local church every Sunday. But nonetheless. We pastored a little old church. We started with we started with twenty, and it was a military deal. So eleven of them left in the first three weeks. At least that's what they told me. But we've never stopped pastoring. We've never stopped loving people. And what an incredible day to be on uh, graduate recognition Sunday. I want to I want to share the sermon. I've uh, I've got a, a thing or two I, I might want to work in for the graduates, but I appreciate. Uh, can't Pastor Ray make you feel ten feet tall and bulletproof? After he if he doesn't quit bragging on me, I want to knock Tim Oldfield off the General Assembly stage and preach that sermon. Um, I'm going to read First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse thirteen. Um, I, I've, been, I've been working out of this uh, verse for, for a while, preaching about hope. And I, back in the, the late fall, early winter, I, I just kind of got on a kick and uh, you know, just really felt like I needed to talk about hope at the places I was going. And I read this scripture. This was the same scripture I would use. And, and I, I would say, because I think you all know this scripture, I say, now I know the greatest is love, but hope's pretty good too because it's right there by love. And, you know, I, I have a whole sermon that I'll be happy to preach for you sometime. But as I'm looking at the world, and, and I am, I am I'm a pastor, but I'm also just an old school youth pastor, a little like Ray Phillips. Jan and I have been leading young people all of our life and student leaders all of our life. Uh, you know, I, I did a little math the other day. You shouldn't do this. I'm pretty sure that the 18-year-olds in my first youth group are turning 50 this year. Selah. So, so I, we've been doing this a long time. And you know what that means. You're old. Um, 
But I want to read this scripture and I want to talk about some thoughts and some things that kind of bounce around in my head and, and, and the Holy Spirit and I have been talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, or love, these three. But the greatest of these is charity or love. Father, we have experienced so much. I am on spiritual overload. But I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for what you're doing in these leaders. I thank you for what you're doing in these students. And I just pray today, Father, that you would help me say something that would inspire or challenge or encourage someone in this house. Father, there's a really good chance there's somebody in this room that either needs to make a new commitment to Jesus or a first commitment to Jesus. And then, Father, we want our graduates to leave here today knowing how valued and loved and important they are to the fabric of this body. And we will celebrate this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I, I have three topics today. Now, I titled this sermon, Love Wins. And then all of a sudden, about two months ago, that got a little weird. That, that Love Wins got a little weird. So, so I, I've retitled it for the time being, Love Conquers. And, and then I found myself laughing at myself because that's really a paradoxical title. Love against conquer, which is really a more of a military or, or fighting term. Now I was listening to Pastor Ray exhort, and he used several either military or confrontational terms, and we do that. With, there are, you know, we fight the enemy. We stand against the devil. You, you know, we overcome. We conquer. And, and I find that just fascinating in the paradox of love and care and nurture against a military fighting type of term. But hopefully I can develop that and get that to you in just a little while. Love conquers. Three things I want to tell you about love conquering. The first thing I want to tell you this morning is love hurts. You can make a good rock and roll song out of that, couldn't you? I'm not going to sing it, especially here. But it would be cool if I did. Genesis chapter 4, verse 9. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? You know, love wouldn't hurt if we didn't love. I've been to a lot of funerals the last six to eight months. People weeping. I lost my own mother about a year and three or four months ago. And, and I find different things at funerals, but one of the things you always find is sadness and pain. And it seems the deeper the love, the deeper the hurt. So if Pastor Ray and I don't love each other, something bad happens to one of us. It's just something that happens, just like seeing it on the news. Car wreck, somebody dies. Oh, that's sad. But if somebody you love dies in a car wreck, that's really sad. But I don't think that's where love is hurting so much today. We got a lot, a lot of love hurts in the church. We got a lot of fo folks fighting over doctrine. Doctrine is very important. We got a lot of folks fighting over theology. Theology is very important. We got a lot of folks fighting over a lot of stuff. 
But Jesus modeled to us that regardless of what is going on in the church world, when he showed up, he was going to make sure some folks felt loved. I, uh, I have two sons. They're 33 and 28. Does anybody have sons that age? Why do they think they know it all? Well, my two sons think they know it all because when I was their age, I thought I knew it all. You didn't have to say amen right there, Sister Sister Wright. You're okay. You just That's where the oldest one gets it, I'm just telling you. We're in this heated discussion not long ago. I mean heated. Now, first of all, you need to know he lives in Los Angeles and he's in the TV movie business. There's a lot of philosophy going on there. And we're in this heated discussion and all of a sudden he said, why do you sound like you hate people? I believe I could have ripped his arm off. I didn't, but I believe I could. And, and we've, isn't it interesting how in our culture we've gotten this backed up thing that if you disagree with somebody, all of a sudden you hate them. Now, that hurt my feelings on a bunch of levels, but not the least of which is, I can honestly tell you, I don't hate anybody. I couldn't tell you anybody I've ever hated. But here we are in this incredible tension of all that is going on with the election and with this and that and transgender and same sex and, and all, this, all this crazy going on, this, this incredible pivot that our country made within the last 12 to 24 months with the president getting on board and the Supreme Court justifying it and all those kinds of things. And you say, well, you've got an 11-month-old granddaughter. Aren't you afraid? And I think I should be, but I'm not. Because God is God. And God is not affected by what the United States Supreme Court does or what, what, the, what is in vogue or the liberal media or Fox News or whatever news you watch. God is not tore up about all that. The scripture I read to you was about the first family. You remember that family. Adam created by the hand of God, the first man. And then the first woman who was taken from the rib out of Adam's side. That's, that's pretty close to perfection, I'm thinking. I could use a little brush out myself. I've got a couple of age spots, a wrinkle here or there. 20 pounds, I'll give anybody that'll take it. So with the first family had a homicide committed, all of a sudden I don't feel quite so bad about the mess at my place. Love hurts. Love hurts because of broken relationship. I thank God we've never lost relationship with our boys. It's never been broken. There are less than five relationships in my entire life that I've lost and I regret that but there is so much broken relationship in our world right now and as these guys are coming up and what they're seeing and the media that they see and the craziness, Big Brother and, and those, those crazy shows that are all staged just to get a big pile of mess going that may be fun to watch but it's not fun to live I want to live in peace and harmony I want to smile. I want to be happy. 
I don't want to be in a big pile of mess. Do I offend anybody if I say I don't really care about the Kardashians? I, I didn't say that. I just asked a question. Second thing, broken relationships and broken faith. Now you guys are going to go to some of the best colleges it sounds like in Ohio. Even in a Christian school. There's, there's debate about theology and doctrine at Lee University. I hope I didn't surprise anybody by saying that. And that's not a bad thing. Wrestling with it and having people that are really smart wrestle about concepts and ideas and history. There's, there's no harm in that. I just challenge you to hang on to your faith. Because there's going to be some really smart people that do very well reading books and writing papers. But that doesn't make them an authority on your spirituality or your spiritual walk. And I affirm what Jan said. You have a story here. You have a heritage here. There are things you're going to learn. But don't forget the great teacher, the great rabbi, the great philosopher, and learn everything you can learn. As a matter of fact, I... Do I offend anybody if I say I watch the most liberal commentators on MSNBC? Does that hurt anybody's feelings? Because I want to know what they think. I want to know what their arguments are. I want to know what their philosophies are so that then I can take that with the Word of God and with the material I'm studying and the Holy Spirit and if I think it's incorrect or inaccurate, be able to answer it. But you know, there may be some truth along the way. Now, I haven't yet figured out the truth for millennials. We have several millennials in the room. I don't know why you guys don't carry cash. Listen, just get a $20 bill and fold it up in half and put it back there in your wallet. Millennials don't carry cash. And there's a lot of things going on. And, and, and the other thing we did, Pastor Ray, our generation trained our young people to think critically. That is to tear everything apart like, like you do grandma's roast beef. And they do. And there's a point at which I enjoy the conversation and there's a point at which I've had enough. 35 whys is enough. I'm good, thanks for asking. Okay. Broken relationship, broken faith, and broken hearts. There's a lot of people in this world with a broken heart. I shared a story in the earlier service. I was chatting with a... Uh, uh, friend of mine the other day about his parents. His father passed away. It's been about three or four weeks ago, three or four months ago, rather. And I said, well, how's your mom? He said, not so good. I said, well, what's going on? Blood pressure? Sugar? What? He said, I honestly think she's suffering of a broken heart. And there's some science to back that up, and I won't get into all that, but my point is love can't hurt. But I believe God is looking to use us, the believers, the church, to say loud and long and everywhere we go, we recognize that love does in fact hurt, but love also heals. That love brings healing and hope and faith and grace and strength and the ability to deal and the ability to overcome and the ability to know that there is something better in this world than just a pile of mess. Matthew 14 and 14 says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them 
and he healed their sick. Now, those of you that are that not even scholars, just have been around Sunday school a while, you remember what Jesus came to, just in, in parentheses for the graduates. There are Bible scholars who are saying that the, the culture we're living in right now is more like the culture of Jesus' day than any other culture since Jesus' day. That is to say that the church is doing business, but she's not effective. That religion is being religion, but Jesus came to make relationship between God and man. Just not a, a form, not a building, not a system, but a full-on relationship with Jesus. I think there's something to that. Jesus came and he had compassion and he hung out with sick people, sinners, losers. I thought I might work this in and I won't fully develop it, but uh, we, we uh, use the Greek model of education. That's what we're doing right now. The Greek model is there is a, a teacher and students. The teacher is up front. The students sit together and face him. Hebrews use a completely different model of education. They didn't do the whole school structure. What they did is they got a leader and put a group around him, generally of 8 to 12 pupils or students, and they followed him. And uh, the, the, in, in that day, uh, it would be asked, whose dust is on you? Well, if you've ever been to Israel, many of you have, you know, it's very dusty there. And, and, and that question was because the leader would walk and the students would be like little chicks behind them. And they would learn and they would walk together and they would eat together and they would dream together and they would commiserate together, but they would be together. Now, another little caveat there, and this is good for you guys to know. Usually that process started when they were boys, uh, seven, eight, nine years old, and then, then they would grow up. But the boys that didn't make the cut, in other words, the guys that couldn't be in Pastor Ray's group, well, they'd have to go find something else to do, and very often that was a trade or a skill. So it's a little fascinating that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords didn't grow up as a student of a rabbi, but he grew up as a carpenter. That means in that culture, in that system, he didn't make the cut to be an intern at Stratford Heights. He was just a carpenter. But nonetheless, he continued and, and walked it out. So a question that I would like for you to take with you is whose dust is on you? If Cam Jones' dust is on you, or Richard McIntosh, or Ray Phillips, or Gary Turner, or Pastor Brian, you're in pretty good company. Don't shake that dust off. Don't that, let that get away. Love heals. John 11, 43 and 44. Now remember, Lazarus was Jesus' friend. Not acquaintance, not a church member, a very close friend. Word got to Jesus, he had died. It was a rigmarole. John 11, 43 and 44. And when he had thus spoken, Jesus, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. 
bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. There's death all around us. Yet the King of kings and Lord of lords wants us to walk in life. I have a, a philosophy that I'm working on a little bit. And I don't, know if, I don't know how many of you are children of ministers. But there are aspects of being a minister that has its difficulties like any other field, being an electrician or a mechanic or an accountant or a lawyer or what have you. But I believe God, if, as we look at the Levitical priesthood, I believe that there is an anointing that falls on the home of a minister. And that anointing extends to the spouse of the minister, but it also extends to the children of the minister. And one of the things I am so concerned about right now is how many of our children are walking out from under that anointing like the prodigal son did. That's exactly what happened. His father was wealthy. He had means. The son was going to inherit a part of all of it. Yet he chose to leave. My hope and my prayer for you is you don't make decisions that cause you to leave or to separate or to go away. But you continue to enjoy the blessing of the home that you were raised in and to be a, a blessing back. You know, we are, the roots of this church are a bunch of hillbillies that came here because the coal mines played out. And came here and worked hard and made a great living. And now their children and their grandchildren can go to any college in this country. Come in. How do you get a 4.69 and change GPA and you're 21st in your class? How many smart kids go to high school there? Good night. But what a blessing that is when your grandparents were fortunate to get an 8th grade education. Not because they were dumb because that was their only opportunity. So now you have this incredible chance to walk in this healing love and this healing incredible anointing and to be whatever God opens the door up for you to be. That's exciting. God loved his creation with Jesus. Jesus followers loved. I, I will also, Jen and I spent a lot of time in the car, so our boys say we're the same person because we ask the same question. But to follow up on her thought, there is no power like love. And I've often said, you can argue theology with me, you can argue doctrine. You can argue how we do church. You can argue we shouldn't have built a new building. The old building was just fine. But if I begin to tell you the story of what Jesus did for me, that's hard to argue with. That's a hard thing to, dis to, to disagree with. And see, God is building a story in all of us. Now, I'm at the age, I'm a little further along in my story than I wish I was. I did say earlier today I'm 56. I'd like to be 46. I'd like to be 36. I don't want to be 26. Except when I'm playing basketball. I know it's hard to tell, but I could move pretty good for a boy my size. Right, we'll talk about that another time. 
Love hurts. Love heals. Love hopes. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. We're coming all the way back around. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three. But the greatest of these is love. One of the greatest things I think I do for my sons is I love their mother. I love them. I've had an occasion or two where I could have chosen not to over what they did, what they said, how they acted, but it's never gone quite that far. My, my oldest son is quite a character. All of you haven't got a chance to meet him. Pastor Ray has. As a matter of fact, we were on a missions trip about three or four years ago. My son has this incredible sense of intuition. He can smell a fake 500 miles away. And, and he and Pastor Ray connected immediately, and Pastor Ray just put that old school youth pastor on him. Tell me about yourself, Zach. Where's your life going? What's in your heart? He just messed him up. And I was digging it, because if I'd have said it, he'd have got mad. And we got back from the trip, Pastor Ray, and I hope I told you this before. He said, Dad, that Ray is the real deal, isn't he? I said, oh, yeah, he's the real deal. And I happen to know, I don't know every time, but I happen to know Pastor Ray checks in on him every now and then. Now, remember, I told you he lives in Los Angeles. He's not going to get a dollar of his tithe money, but he loves him. That made an impact on him, Ray. And that's the business I want to be about. That's the business I want to be about with these guys. I want to make an impact, not, not for any gain, but let them know how much they're loved. Our best friends back home, their oldest son is six weeks older than my oldest son. And the girl, the, the mom, was my sixth grade sweetheart. Um, so we've known each other a very long time. That didn't last long. We broke up and that didn't last long. I won't tell you the rest of the story that happened in the 11th grade. You can ask Jan about that. Uh-oh, <laughs> somebody's already catching on. He was at the house uh, over the weekend. He came in to watch the golf tournament, and me and Jen worked him over. He's uh, 33, got a baby on the way, due in July, I think, and, and, and you, just, you just remember how that is. And we just had this incredible opportunity to brag on him and love him, tell him it's going to be okay. Now, I don't know how much of it he heard. I don't know how much he'll remember. That's not the point, is it? The point is, we're loving, we're caring, we're believing. Love hopes like there's no tomorrow. Love opens hearts and minds. Now, I, several of us are trained, and there's several of you in the congregation I see. You're very skilled at doing what I'm doing right now, and, and sometimes we have great success. But, you know, just every now and then slipping up around somebody, putting your arm around them and just pumping a little bit of life in them is important. And always being a learner. Pastor Ray is exactly right. He beat me to the punch. We're back there in the office between services, and he starts telling me a little bit about his leadership philosophy. And I get so excited I can hardly see straight. But, you know, I, I mean, I went to school back there in the pastor's office just a few minutes ago. Number one, because he cared enough to pour into me. Number two, because I'm smart enough to listen. Don't ever stop learning. Don't ever stop growing. Don't ever stop being what God 
designed you to be. Love connects us all. There is nobody that doesn't want to be loved. I want to I read you something. Uh, I think it's safe to assume. Now, you've, you've heard me. Some of you have heard me twice this morning. It's safe to assume I am not a poet laureate. As a matter of fact, Gary, you'll be happy to know I've written one poem in my entire life that I recall. And if I wrote another one, it probably was awful. I had the great honor of being asked to speak at the graduation of my youngest son. And that was exciting and heartbreaking and fear, full of fear all at the same time. But as I was preparing, I wrote this. We'll see if you like it. They grow up so fast. First news, first fear. First breath, they grow up so fast. First poo-poo, first tooth, first word, first step. They grow up so fast. First boo-boo, first hug. First teacher, first grade. They grow up so fast. First hurt, first team. First strikeout, first home run, they grow up so fast. First crush, first embarrassment, first pimple, first change, they grow up so fast. First girl or boy, first heartbreak, first drive, first car. They grow up so fast. First freedom. First date. First diploma. They grow up so fast. This morning, class of 2016, we honor you. We thank God for you. We're jealous for your success. We hope for your dreams. We believe with you. We're there for you. And we only see future. Luke 15 and 24. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. That's the conclusion of the story of the prodigal son. I hope for you, for your parents, for your grandparents, for your pastors, that you never take that journey. But may I tell you on behalf of Jan and I, the church of God in Ohio, you can never go too far. You can never say anything. And you can never get so jammed up that we'll stop believing in you, loving you, caring for you, 
and believing the best because love wins. Love conquers. Pastor Gary, let's do a little music, shall we? You're already ready to go. <laughs> Got a little tore up there. I'm trying to pull it back together. I'm not in charge. I'm an invited guest. But here's what I would like to do. If you don't want to participate, that's fine. Don't want anybody to feel comfortable. Oh, my goodness, I've gone so long. Pastor Kim, let's get the Alaska ministry team. Can we get them right, right there? The team that's going to Alaska, let's get them right there. And then, then, would you guys mind, could, could we just get the graduates just kind of stretched out in the front here? Could we do that? And I'd love to invite parents and grandparents of these. You can pray for your kid or somebody else's. It doesn't matter. Yes, just kind of make one line right, right, right along through there. Would you, would you do that? You all are probably sick of lines and marching and gowns and hats. Are the kids getting smarter? I think they're getting better looking, aren't they? Yeah, parents, grandparents, if you're here, just make your way down to, to your kid. I, I'm sorry, your student, your graduate. Now, what I'd like to invite the church to do. If you can and you're comfortable and you've got time in your schedule, I would love for you to come and help us lay your hands on all of these kids. These guys' lives are going to be changed in such a profound way they can't even imagine. And right here goes Stratford Heights into the world. That's powerful, man. I want to ask my dear friend and colleague, Pastor Ray, as the bishop of this house. I want you to pray the blessing that only a pastor of your stature can. I, I know you love these kids and I know you're proud. But as, a, as your friend, I'm proud of you for what is happening in this house. I love you, buddy. Would you stand with me all over the congregation? As a point of contact, would you stretch your hands towards this altar? As we pray for the, all these folks, why don't you, Alaskan folks, why don't you move in real close to these graduates? We're going to pray a double-sided prayer this morning. Let's pray for all of our graduates right now. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray protection. We pray your presence and your power to be at work in the lives of these graduates. As they move forward, Lord, change has come to their house. Lord, they'll not be the same now. They've got to make choices and decisions. I pray that they will know the wisdom of God. The Holy Spirit will guide and direct and order their steps, protect them, keep them. Let them sense and feel your presence at every turn. Lord, bless them. Bless their steps and order them. Bless them indeed, largely, God. Touch their lives and let them know the power of God at work in favor. And Lord, we pray that you will keep them from the enemy. I rebuke the enemy that would try to strip them of their destiny. I pray in the name of Jesus, the power of the Lord to guide and keep them through every enemy attack in their lives. Let no hindrance stop them, but let the power of God be present in everything they do. We pray an anointing over them, strength over them, power over them. 
as they lead and guide, Lord, others into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Touch them to fulfill their ministry, their calling, and their destiny. We pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray over our Alaskan group. We pray over their mission. We pray there'll be lives touched and transformed on purpose. Lord, we prepare and ask you to touch the hearts of the people before they get there. Every son and daughter, we pray, Lord, your work to be done in their lives, touch them. Minister in their lives now to prepare them for the ministry that is coming. I pray for an anointing. I pray for strength and wisdom and grace. Touch our leaders, our directors. Let the power of God fall in Alaska. Let every area and every young person, every city represented be touched and transformed for revival that'll come all through Alaska. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We give you honor, we give you praise, and we thank you for it all. We're proud of our young people, God. We honor them and we thank you for the gift that they are. We thank you for the power of God at work in their lives. Now, go with them and help us as a church to continue to train up, to disciple, and to train the young people to move forward into the destiny and the tomorrow that you've created for them. We ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said amen. Amen. Are you proud of these young people? All of them all across the way. Let's give it up. Come on, let's praise God for them. Thank God for them. Thank you, Bishop Wright, for the message this morning. Timely. Love. Love conquers all. Love heals. Love is hope. And love is the identity. The Bible says they will know you by your they will know you by your, by your love. We, we thank you today. As we said, tonight our services will be moving to camp meeting at Columbus. Please don't forget, if you, if you aren't able to come up any of the nights, please come up Wednesday night. Our choir, our band and orchestra will all be ministering in the service at camp meeting. We invite you to come up to the Potter's House Church of God right there off of I-70. It's easy to get to. We'd love to see you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon today. Lots of graduation, open houses and parties and camp meeting tonight at 6 o'clock. God bless you.